Good morning, Nisim. It's a privilege and a pleasure to be here with you again and to address all our beautiful and gorgeous Jewish listeners out there in J Radio Land and to disseminate beautiful uh, Jewish music, nothing like Jewish music, and the Bret Torah to all to uh, uh, elevate all our hearts and uh, start the day off and the week off on the right note. Uh, we've been learning vital lessons of life. Derech Eretz, Kadmala Torah, good character from the greatest people of all time. Our fathers and family, Yaakov Abinu and his children, Abraham Yitzhak Yaakov and the Avot and the Shebatim, Shebteka. Hashem put them all in our Torah. The Torah is the mind of Hashem. And Hashem has invested a lot of space in the mind of his Torah. Over seven parashiot on the Inyan of Yosef and, ya- and, uh, and uh, Yaakov Abinu and uh, the whole stories, stories of Yosef in order to bring the Bnei Yisrael down to Mitzrayim. Of course, this was all planned by Hashem. It says, Yom Hashishi. Hashem created the whole world for Shesh Besivan to bring the Torah down to the world. And the world means Am Yisrael. They're the focus of the world. And in order to do that, Hashem is... Uh, spinning his wheels and planning everything and moving pieces in order to bring the Bnei Yisrael down to Mitzrayim and then to be sifted out and to be refined, to be refined. Only the best got out of Mitzrayim in order to gain and to accept the Torah for us. So, in fact, sometimes there, there, there are cases that Hashem, is, he's, this, this mission is so vital, otherwise there wouldn't be a world, that Hashem lifts the, 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 the big uh, zikhut of free will from people, from our, from these great people, in order to bring back, in order to accomplish the the ends, the means, the matara of bringing the Torah down. Now, we are trying to think. Hashem is giving us his thoughts, and we're thinking his thoughts. Yosef now is the final power in Mitzrayim, and his brothers are all in Mitzrayim. They reconciled with Yosef. They kissed and they hugged, and Yosef told them, uh, "Don't worry." It's uh, nothing to worry about. In fact, Hashem, did you, although even though you meant it not for so good, you threw us in the pit. You sold me down the river. You didn't. Your intentions were not so hot, but but Hashem had His plans, and it turned out to be for the best. So even though the intentions were bad, the the ends were good. Although we have to know that there were there were certain repercussions for having bad intentions and having a good thing come out of it. It's like the Rebbe was telling us. Uh, on Shabbat, if a guy wanted to eat, the guy thought he was eating a ham sandwich, but it was really a kosher hamburger, he has to make some kind of a kapara involved because his intentions were bad. So over here, even though their the ends came out good, their intentions were not so good, and uh, they had to make a, a restitution at the end, which uh, you have to look into the restitution that they made, which was very fearsome. So Joseph is finally reminded with, remind, reunited with his beloved father, Yaakov is reunited with Yosef. After 22 years, he thought he was dead. 22 years. And it was a Tehiyat HaMetim. When he saw Yosef, he couldn't believe it. Tehiyat HaMetim. It was a miracle. 22 years, he didn't see his son. And he, 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 couldn't, he, couldn't be, he couldn't be consoled. Because down deep in his soul, he knew he was still alive. Down deep, way deep. There was a thought that, because when a person loses somebody, after a certain period of time, he, he's, 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 he's consoled that the person is gone. They put, put him, you know, bury him, he's gone. Uh, 30 days, a year. Uh, there's a limit. But by, by Yaakov Abinu, 
he was crying for 22 years. There was no limit. And we, why? Because Yosef was still alive. He was never dead to begin with. So this was a hint to Yosef, to Yaakov, excuse me, it was a hint to Yaakov that Yosef was still alive. The fact that he could not be reconciled. And, and, and Yosef over here is reunited in Aparasha with his beloved brother Binyamin. And now Yaakov's going to meet Ephraim and Menashe, the children of Yosef. And Yosef will have the whole family resettled in Goshen, segregated, segregated from the Goyim. And that's a very big part of our religion is Habdalah. Habdalah. Every mitzvah in our Torah is a means to the Habdil, to separate us from the Goyim, whether it's kosher food or Shabbat or Tefillin or or Pesach, uh, Shavuot, or Sukkot, or, or, or Berit Milah. What about Berit Milah? It separates us from the Goyim. All these things are separate because Hashem, we are Aman Ibchar, where is Beni Bechori Israel, and Hashem wants us wants to remind us how special we are. We have these special misvot uh, that they are perfecting us with his misvot. Misvot protect the Jew, and a Jew. A Jew keeps a Shabbat. A Goy cannot keep Shabbat. cannot keep Shabbat. Also, Talmud Torah. Talmud Torah, that's for Yehudim. So all of us should now be, we should be able to see in this story, to openly see the Yad Hashem, Hashkachat uh operating with his people. Hu Hashem Elokeinu, Bechol Ha'aras Mishpatav. We read that in the Hodu. He is Hashem, our God. Elokeinu. Elokei Yisrael. We say Shema Yisrael, Hashem Elokeinu. Hashem, Yudke Babke, that's Hashem Eloke Israel. That's a Yesod of our religion. Hashem is Eloke Israel. In what? In his love for Israel. That he's Eloke Israel. Davka, of course, he, he, he's Mashkiach on every blade of grass, Hashem. No blade of grass can grow without Hashem. But but he's Eloke Israel, even more so in his love. In his love of, of Am Israel, because of, certainly because of the Avot, Abraham, Yitzhak, Yaakov. Of course, I love that man. I love Abraham. Why? Because he's going to He's going to raise his children. He's command his children in good midot. Rambam tells us have good midot. To believe in Hashem certainly is a good midah. To walk around this world and not believe in Hashem, not believe in Hashem is the worst midah you can have. It's a it's a sheker. You can see everything in the world. It's wide open that there's a God in the world that is running the world. Wide open. For a person to be an atheist, it's a terrible trait of character. It's a deficiency of character. It's defection in his character. Terrible. So he's, he's denying something that's like denying your nose in front of your face. You look in the mirror. You see your nose. And you say, I don't have a nose. I see two eyes. I don't have two eyes. That's a de- you're denying something that's wide open. Where you can look, see two eyes, say, no. It came by itself, the two eyes. So that's what Hashem Elokeinu. We, that is Hashem, our Hashem. We say that every time we say the Shema, we should think like that. Over here, in our parashiyot, Hashem is pulling all the strings, all of them, in order to bring about the purpose of creation, that is Matan Torah. This is Yirat Shemayim. We have to notice, for example, last night and this morning, if you got up early, you notice the full moon. Full moon, what a moon last night. Big, full, shiny, round, round, round moon. So you got to notice, how come the moon is round? Must be somebody made it round. Didn't happen by itself, round. How come the moon isn't square? How come the sun also is round, or or, or show uh, it, it? It looks it has a round shape, and all of the planets—Pluto, Saturn, Mars, Venus—look in the telescopes. They don't have any square, any triangle planets out there. 
You look at even the stars. None of the stars uh, show off a a uh, anything but a round or roundish uh, uh, manifestation. So we have to notice from that that there was one creator that created them all round. That's an automatic conclusion. It couldn't have happened like that. As the the, the 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 chances are impossible, and that's why Hashem created everything. This all these things the same size in order to get us give us the heads up. And let us understand that there's one Hashem. Now, now, again, you see in the you see in, in the world, you see every human being has two eyes. Nobody has three eyes. So it must be there was a creator that created. It has to be created everybody with two eyes. You go in the zoo. One time I was in the zoo many years ago in the Miami Zoo, and I noticed something that I hadn't noticed prior to that. I noticed that every bird, and every lizard, and every animal, every lion, every giraffe, every uh, crocodile, all have two eyes, all the horses, all the cows, all the canam- all the camels. None of them have three eyes. There's no three-eyed guys out there. No three-eyed snakes. No one-eyed snake. All of them have two eyes. It's got to mean that was they were designed that way. If there's a design, then there's a designer. So that's something that we have to be able to uh, conclude with our brain. With our, that's what Hashem is putting in the world. It says in the world, it says, um, uh, it says, it says uh, in Ashrei, Hashem puts everything in the world to, to make known to man his mightiness and to make known to man his existence. Everything in this world is there to, to, to uh, reveal. To reveal or conceal, that's up to you. There's free will. But you have to be a moron not to be able to see that there's a creator in the world not more than a moron. You're a, you're a liar. You're a shakran. You're hooked to your your you're hooked to your uh, desires, and you don't want to admit that somebody is that there's a creator which is full of good law vetuvo vidat. That this creator, if you look into look into any creation, you're going to see the power, good law, tuvo, kindness. What a kindliness! Everything has. How about that? The 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 the, the sun the sun power. It's, it's, it's putting its energy into the fruit that you eat, into the, into the food that you eat. And that sun energy, you're extracting it when you eat it. You, your energy is a result of the energy of the sun. The sun has pounds and zillion and, and, and horsepowers of energy. And it's, 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 it's embedding it into your food, into our food. And when you eat that food, you're extracting the power of the sun. That's what you have. You're a, a walking sun power. Now this is chesed of, of untold proportion. That's good law. That's also good law. It's power. They're two ball and chesed, and the fact that you're, you're, you 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 um, you have a, a, a cut in your hand and it stops bleeding. Why should it stop bleeding? That's a chesed. Why should it stop? It shouldn't stop. I mean, there's no because there's a chesed here. How about the fact that uh, when you have something in your eye, your eye tears, your eye tears to wa- to wash it out. What if that's a beautiful, tremendous plan? That's a design. There's a design. There's a designer. We got to thank Hashem once in a while for the tears that come into your, come out of your eyes when it's to wash something out of your eye. Now, how about the air? The air is a concoction. It's got oxygen, carbon dioxide, nitrogen, inert gases, and all kinds of other things. It has uh, even some materials in there, all mixed up for your lungs. It's a tremendous design, and not only is it good for your lungs. How about how about the uh, the um, 
cat's lungs and the dog's lungs and the giraffe's lungs and all the animals in the world and even the flowers and the fruits and the fish. The fish cannot exist without this mixture of oxygen, of air, what we call air. It's not just air, it's a whole mixture. And the same mixture is good for all these creations in the world. So we have to see and notice there's a power here. There's a kindness and a wisdom that's creating all these things. Now, Yaakov and Yosef finally meet. And they meet, and Yaakov asks, Mi ele? Who are these young men? Yaakov asks his son, Who are these men? Who are these men? And Yosef says something very telling, the way he speaks. He speaks like a Jew is supposed to speak. He's teaching us how to speak. So pay attention to Yosef's response as recorded by Hashem in the Torah. Because this response is Torah. In fact, Yosef is the Abot, and the Abot are not only living Torah, they are making Torah in the way they live their lives and grow from the tests that are sent by Hashem. Yosef says, Banai him. These are my children. Asher natanli elokim bazeh. That God gave me. Ah. So he said, tells his father, Dad, these are the children that God gave me. Everything I have is what God gave me. But Adai, Paro told him, you know how to interpret dreams? He says, not me. God, God interprets the dreams. When somebody tells you, that's a nice coat. You say, Baruch Hashem. It means Hashem gave me that coat. You should know that Hashem gives you everything. So Yosef is giving us the great Hashkafa and the understanding that we should have in everything that we do have. They are my son that God gave me. We're learning Torah. Everything, Torah from, from the way Yosef speaks, everything is what Hashem gave me. His house, your, your house, your shirt, your children, your parents, your business, your ears, your hands, your legs. And therefore, First of all, you have to realize God gave it to you. Then you're going to realize how good it is. If God gave it to you, then it's very, very good. If you have on the back of your shirt a tag that says, Gift from Hashem, wow, you got to take good care of that shirt. And your body is a gift from Hashem. You got to take good care of that body. When you brush your teeth at night in the morning, you're doing a mitzvah. You're doing a mitzvah. Why? Because you're taking care of the teeth that God gave you. That's a mitzvah. And the opposite is also true. If you don't take care of the teeth or the skin or the body or your ears or your eyes, that's you're not taking good care of something that God gave you. You're that's that's not a that's that's not a good shomer. You want to be a shomer tov, like like Yaakov Avinu was a shomer neeman. You want to be a loyal watchman. That's a tremendous ma'ala. That's a great level that we must have. The the, the first premise is that it's not ours. Can't just go skydiving and think it's your life. That's my life. I want to go skydiving, or go, uh, I don't know, mountain climbing. That's dangerous mountain climbing. Let's say, yeah, it's my life. I want to go mountain climbing. Or a guy could say, well, I'm uh, made a lot of money. I want to, uh, I want to go to uh, Las Vegas and waste it or throw it out, or whatever he wants to do with that money. Well, it's my money. I made that money. No, that's not your money. This is Asher Natani Elokim Baze. We have to know everything we have. It's on loan. It's on loan to us from Hakadosh Baruch Hu. Now, Yosef, you have to know, is a product of Abraham, Isaac, and Yaakov. He's the model of Yirat Shamayim that Hashem has placed in his Torah for us to become successful. Uh, and also we see by the brothers. By the brothers. Of course, Yosef says, Et Elohim That's his mantra. That's what he lives by. He goes, I fear Hashem. I'm aware of Hashem. Et Elohim Ani Yare, I only fear Hashem. 
even when he told Eshet Potiphar, she wanted to go, uh, she wanted to entice him. He says, how could I do this? It's not the right thing. I can't uh, hurt my master. He did He did everything for me because he had Yerat Shemaim. He wouldn't have Kifu Tovah. My master did everything. Am I going to replace good with bad? My master did everything good for me. Why did he say such a thing? Because it's a midah of character, of course, to have Hakarat Tov. But on top of that, it's just to have Hakarat Tov like that is not so easy unless you have Et Ha'elokim Ani Yareh. You have to be a believing Jew in order to become a, an ethical Jew. It's very... It's almost impossible to be ethical. Uh, people think, ah, I can be ethical without without keeping the Torah. You know, I, I don't, I'm more ethical than the, some of the religious people out there. No. I can drive in Shabbat, eat eat Nebelot to Trefot, but I'm a good guy. I'm an ethical guy. I'm honest. If a person doesn't think, a person isn't loyal and he doesn't think that Hashem is watching you and there's a Sahar and Onish, that, that once push comes to shove, then those ethics will go out the window. So now, we are continuing with Yaakov Avinu. And Yaakov Avinu finally meets up with his grandchildren, Menashe and Ephraim, for the first time. Now Hashem is showing us what to do. Everything in the Torah is what Hashem is thinking now. And He's showing us how to react properly to Yaakov Avinu. And when He sees his grandchildren, what's the first thing He does? Vayishaklahem he shows demonstrative emotion because emotions are the perfection of the soul. You can't be a cold fish. You cannot be a cold fish. Hashem doesn't want cold fish. Hashem shows in his Torah that Yaakov even he, he kissed and he kissed Rivka. Remember that he, when he first met her, and he also uh, he also he showed that uh, Yaakov and Esav kissed and hugged. And how about when Yosef met his brothers? They hugged and they kissed. So there's a lot of kissing and hugging. And over here we're seeing that Grandpa Yaakov Abinu, when he met his grandchildren, he kissed them and he hugged them with a lot of feeling and emotion. Now, we're not saying you got to kiss and hug all the people out there, all, even all the Jews out there in the world. But you have to exercise your, 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 your product, your emotion, which is inside of your soul, when you can, with your wife, with your children, your grandchildren, and not just just even just a, a hug, you gotta kiss them up. Got to show in your eyes how much you love them. Once you do that, then you could show you'll be able to exercise your uh, emotions, and then from there you can go on to loving your Jews, loving your fellow Jews, and even loving Hashem. You can't see Hashem, so when you see when he see, when, when we're learning from Yaakov Abinu how to exercise your emotions. Now, now, one time on this point. One time, Harav Miller was in my house about uh, six months before he passed away. And and it was on a, in a parlor meeting. We had about a couple of hundred, 150 to 200 people in the home. And it was, it was and the rabbi wanted to give us this important message. And he didn't say to put on four pair tefillin. He didn't say to, to do, you know, it wasn't a very, he gave us the following message that you might have think might think to be unusual. But this is what he said. First of all, the message was love. You have to exhibit love, like we're talking about here. You have to exercise your love. And, and your outward emotions, it bestirs your inward feeling. So, 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 for example, he said when you leave your bedroom every day, you leave your bedroom, a man leaves his bedroom every day, 
and he should look back and see his wife is sleeping in the bed. Don't wake her up now. Don't wake her up. You can't pay back sleep. That's Gezel. Don't wake her up. But look at take a take a peek at her. I mean, she's nice and quiet. It's a good time to look at her, and say to yourself, "I love that woman." Say to yourself quietly. You don't want to wake her up. I love that woman. That's my woman. That's my lady. I love her. And Hashem should bless her. She should have a good day. That's, you're doing exponential mitzvot. You are exhibiting You're showing that you love your fellow Jew like you love yourself. There's nobody closer to you than your wife, your fellow Jew. And you are showing that you mean business. You want to, you want to, you're working on yourself to increase your love for your wife by working on your out, by telling yourself, by, by working on yourself to say to yourself that you love your wife so much, and it affects you inside. Now, if you want to tell your wife on another, another, pra- another when we're practicing a different uh, stratagem, that you want to show her that you love her, that's a different practice. The rabbi wasn't working on that right now today. He was working on your own love. And another thing, when you, when you, when you uh, show that you're working on yourself, this is, a, uh, this is what we're here in this world for, la asot. We're here in this world to work on yourself. Now, you're also blessing her, so you're getting a blessing from Hashem. You give her a beracha. Hashem gives you a beracha because you're blessing, you're blessing Hashem. Actually, you're Selim Elokim. But we're also getting a mitzvah of walking in the ways of Hashem because Hashem is Oheb et Amo Yisrael. God loves his Jewish nation. And you exhibit that love for your wife. You're also emulating Hashem. And then he said, when you're walking down the hall after your bedroom, you have your children's room, you say to say, look in, say, I love, I love my children. I love them. I love them. Now, you already, I know you already love your children, but you're going to love them even more. By saying that, you'll be showing, and you'll have all the other mizvot as well. Now you walk out the door, you kiss your mizuzah. You kiss your mizuzah, and you say, I love you, Hashem. Wow. I love you, Hashem. Because that's what it says inside the mizuzah. et Hashem elohecha. You should love Hashem, your God. So you kiss the mezuzah, say, I love you, Hashem. And you can even, while you're doing that, if you want, you can even think that Hashem is looking at you. Again, you got Shamayim from inside the mezuzah. He's looking at you. So you should be straighten up your tie, watch what you say. In fact, don't say anything. When you go to shul, keep your mouth shut. Keep your mouth quiet. You know, when a person keeps his mouth quiet, people think he's very smart. That's a, that's a, that's a tip, a big tip. When a person stays quiet, and has a nice little smile on his face, and a gleam and a gleam in his eye, and greets greets people. Good morning, good morning. That's pretty quiet. That doesn't count. Good morning, have a good day. That's good. Very good. You don't say hi. You say good morning. You should have a good day. Nice to see you. This causes people, without opening your mouth to say extraneous things, it causes people to think that you are a wise man. A wise man. The rabbi used to say over uh, uh, on that point a, a, a limerick, uh, a cute poem that he had made when he was a younger uh, young man. He said there's a, a limerick. The subject was a uh, um, there was a, a donkey that he, uh, he 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 hid himself inside a skin of a lion. There was a lion. He was dead, and uh, he, he he put the lion's skin over himself, and he now he looked like a big shot. Except one day. He opened up his mouth to bray, and he revealed himself. Now, he showed himself that he was really a donkey all along. Although he looked like a lion, he was a donkey. The same thing with people. 
If we should try to practice being silent, people think that we're very smart. You see that guy in the corner of Shul? He's a smart guy. He never, he never said two words to the guy. But he keeps his mouth shut. And just his Salem Elohim, the image of God on his face, causes people to feel, and rightfully so, that he's a smart man. He's a good man. That guy here, I know that guy. He's a smart man. But that's why you should keep your mouth quiet uh, as much as you can. Now, now, you know, when you're leaving your house, we said, I love you, Hashem, and you're passing people's homes, Jewish homes on the street, and you say, you say, I love those Jews. You say that Hashem should bless them with a long life and good health and good children, a lot of money, ability to learn Torah properly, health and happiness, all good things. This is a, this is a, a, a stratagem for life. To, to, it'll, it'll increase your love for Jews. It'll give you, it'll give you more berachot. From Hashem, because and as I said, you're emulating Hashem that loves Jews. Now, at that particular um, Paula meeting, somebody asked the rabbi, "How to raise? How can I raise children in such a day and age as we live in today?" So the rabbi, he put his hand on his face, right, and he started to rub his face, sort of like uh, Yaakov. He hugged them and he kissed them. Probably learned it from Yaakov. And he rubbed his own face and he said, you know what you got to do? You have to talk to your child. Keep talking to your child. Now, you might think he's not listening to you, but but he hears every word you're saying. He, he, he hears you. And it may come out many years later, but he hears what you're saying. And tell him that Hashem loves him. Tell him, you know, Hashem loves you very much. And tell him how much you love him, that I love you very much, all the while while you're rubbing his face. This is some of the things that the rabbi told us. Now, 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 Prasha Yaakov Avinu tells us a very big principle. Yaakov tells Yosef, I haven't seen you in 22 years. And he says, I never thought I was going to see your face again. Filalti means hashavti, machashava. To think. So from this we're getting the word, what does it mean to pray? That's the root word of to pray. But it doesn't mean to pray now. We realize what it does. It means to think. means to cause yourself to think. To cause yourself to think. And we get that also. We have uh, uh, by Noah, Et HaLokim. Hithalech, Hithalech Noah, Hithalech, he caused himself to walk with Hashem. Over there, he caused himself to think about Hashem. And that's how he became the great Noah, because he was always had Yirat Shemaim, had Hashem on his mind. So over here, we understand now what does Lehitpalel mean to think about Hashem. So when you get into going to your Tefillah, into your Amidah, that's the Tefillah, you should look up at the Aaron and think that you're standing in front of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And, and, you say that first, Baruch. When you say Baruch, you should bend your knee and say, all the good that I'm getting is on my back. It's, 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 it's on my back. It's weighing me down. All the good things, all the eyes and the ears and the food and the, chil- and the children and the wife and the mother and the father, it's on my back, Hashem, Baruch. It's weighing me down. I'm in debt. I'm in debt. I have a debt of gratitude. I'm in debt of gratitude. I'm grateful and I owe. And it's not for free. Ata, 
I said, oh, I got to give you back. I have 613 bizvot, ch- chances to give it back to you. But you have to know, nothing's for free in this world. Only something that's worthless is for free. But we have to admit, Baruch, hold it down. Baruch, oh, all on my back, all the goodness, all the air, all the breathing, all the eating, all the eyes, all everything I'm getting. Then you get up slowly and say, Ata Hashem, Ata, it's all from you. Hashem, you're my father. Everything is coming from Ata. You say that word, Ata, throughout the Amidah, say, Tachonen, Ata Kadosh. You get that flash of light in front of you and say, Ata, means you should remember that it's Hashem standing in front of you. And when we're in the Amidah, you say, Shomeya Tefillah. Say, Hashem, do it slow. And Hashem is listening. Someone is listening out there. Now the Berachat to Ephraim Nasheh that Yaakov gives them, uh, he says, The angel that redeemed me from all bad things. Now the Rambam tells us, he didn't say the Hashem, he said the angel. Rambam tells us in Moreno Mokir that angels are agents of Hashem. And they're actually at the truth of the matter, and it's a second only to the belief in Hashem. You gotta believe in angels, second to belief in Hashem. And the truth of the matter is, which is a pele, it's a wonder, on top of the Aron Kodesh, we have angels, the Kerubim. On top of the Torah, the Aron Kodesh, it goes in the Kodesh, Kodeshim. We put Kerubim, images of angels made in gold with children's faces on there. Now, this is uh, uh, this is one of the reasons is that we have to believe in angels. Another one is that we should be enthusiastic like children, like the faces of children when we learn Torah. Another another reason is that these are standing guard. We have to make guards, make gedarim, make fences to our Torah. These angels are standing guard on top of the Torah. Now at the end of the beracha of Yehuda, uh, Yaakov says ulben. So there's a story of Isaac Sher, that's the son-in-law of the author of Slabatka. He's also the rabbi of the Miller. And this, the way this pasuk was explained, it uh, and he heard it of Isaac Sher, it, this was one of the things that drew him towards the Musar life. So he said, they explained, Uluben Lavan. Lavan, the white of your teeth. The white of your teeth means a smile. A per- the white of a person's teeth is better than milk. When so in this mashal, it said people are leaving shul, and one man is giving out cups of milk. Pretty good. People are hungry. They're thirsty. They're giving out cups of milk. The other one is giving out smiles. The smile fortifies a person more encouragement through encouragement than a glass of milk. If you and you are emulating Hashem, meoded anavim Hashem. Hashem encourages the humble. Now a glass of milk's pretty good. Guy's thirsty. You give him a glass of milk. Excellent. But it's it's going to last. I don't know. Uh, a day of fortification, but you give a guy a pat on the back, you give him a smile, you give him encouragement, that could last him a lot longer. You never know, that could, he can come and tell you like a couple of years later, you know, Jack, when you gave me that pat on the back, I really needed it. And you picked up my spirits. This is, this is, it might even be better than milk. If you have both, give him both, no problem. So it says over there, you have to greet every person with a pleasant cast of countenance. Now, the rabbi used to explain to us it's a three-step process. Three steps. Now, it's a, it's a, it's a, it says in that's a mitzvah. You have to greet every person, talking especially Jewish people, uh, with a pleasant cast of countenance. First of all, 
you you greet him you greet him with a pleasant face you greet him greet him with a smile and you greet him with a full face don't give him a half don't turn your face halfway you know give him, turn your face around show him the kavod and then have a svara svara have an imp- expression on your face emotion don't have a, don't be like the bottom of a frying pan rabbi would tell us be show look him in the eye and put a little smile on your face and show him that you're glad to see him. So happy to be happy to see him. Very important thing to do. It's a mitzvah. You'll pick up his spirits. Now Yaakov is at the end of his life, and the rabbi learns from Yaakov that a family is like a book. Family, if a mother is the cover father is the cover of the book, and a mother is the back of the book, and the children are the leaves inside the book. Now, now, when one of the parents passes away, the book is not as stable as it was when you had two sides of the book. Uh, and over here in this family now, Yaakov Abinu's family, the father's going to pass away. So they're going to have leaves in the book that aren't being buttressed or being held together by the mother and father because they're passed away. And the leaves do not necessarily, are they going to stay together because they have their own families and there's nobody uh, at the top of the family that's keeping the leaves intact. Of course, they've been raised uh, beautifully, properly. They have respect for each other. And all that stuff is excellent. But the, the, the togetherness, the glue, is not the same. Yaakov is aware that all the Shabbatim are unique and different in their traits and tendencies. In fact, when he blesses them, you know, he blesses them with the, uh, like, uh, utilizing uh, different animals. Like Yehuda was a lion, and Dan was a snake. Or compared to a snake, he wasn't a snake, he was, his, he was, he was, uh, uh, he had vitality, and he was, uh, in his in his service of Hashem, he was like a lion. It was as uh, kanamer. He was a, he was brazen like a, a leopard. So these are some of the traits that Yaakov wants a Jew to have that we should have. Be brazen in your service of Hashem. Don't cow down as far as that's concerned. You should know who you are. Know how well you should know what you are. What your purpose is in life. So anyway, Yaakov. He had uh, Binyamin Ze'ev. He was uh, compared to a, a wolf that tears apart his prey. He had energetic energies. And this is the the, 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 the traits of the Shabbatim. But they're not all the same. Each one is unique and different. And he's not sure. Yaakov is a little bit nervous. He wasn't sure that they're going to stay united in their future because they don't have any more a, uh, uh, a front of the book and a back of the book. And he's nervous about it. And his sons see that he's nervous. And they, they wanted to comfort their father. And they, now they tell their father the world-famous words. Maybe the most famous words in our religion. Maybe the most famous words. They tell him, Shema Yisrael. Listen, O Israel. Yaakov's name was Yisrael. His name was changed by the, by the angel to Yisrael. We're B'nai Yisrael. said, Shema Yisrael. Listen, Dad. Listen, O Father Yisrael. Hashem. Listen, this means you should understand, you should know that Hashem, Yudke Babke, runs the world, He created it. He's the God of the Jewish people. Elokenu is ours. Hashem Echad. He is one. We are all united in our subservience to Hashem and the way and all the. Uh, and all of the precepts that you've taught us over our lifetime. So you shouldn't, 
don't be nervous. We're all together. We have that one one common, certainly tremendous common denominator that's going to keep us together, that we're together with now, all because of your teaching. And then Yaakov is very, very happy to hear that, and he settled with it in his neshama, and he says, Baruch Shem Kavod Magoto Leonam Ba'ed. And that's, that's, that was the end of, that, that's what Yaakov, that's how he uh, was comforted. And at the end, Vayamot, Yaakov passed away in, uh, in, 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 you know, in a ripe old age, 147 years old, and as the rabbi say, he didn't die because he left children that really, really, uh, really uh, perpetuated his life. Now, we have to know this week we are uh, we have a very special uh, uh, week in in, in in Torah because we have a siyum. It's a siyum of Sefer Bereshit. Now, Sefer Bereshit is the most voluminous of all of the Torah. However, on the one hand, however, there are only three mitzvot in the whole Sefer Bereshit. You have Peru Urbu, to have, uh, get, have children, Berit Milah, have a Berit Milah, and Gid Hanasheh, not to eat that portion of the animal that was uh, damaged by the angel called Gid Hanasheh. We can't eat that. So those are only three mitzvot. And our religion is a religion of mitzvot. We have to know, though, there are hundreds of, Hundreds of lessons of Derech Eretz and many fundamental principles of Judaism, including in Sefer Bereshit. Derech Eretz. Derech Eretz Kadmala Torah. In order to get Torah, which we're going to go, that was the purpose of the whole, all this uh, Sefer Bereshit and going to the Mitzrayim, is to get Torah, we have to get the Derech Eretz. And we're learning all the Derech Eretz, good character and principles right here, in most of it, in Sefer Bereshit. And of course, the... Uh, First thing that Sefer Bereshit opens up with is Bereshit Bara Elokim B'Tashmayim B'Taaretz, and of course the rabbis Darshan they say Bereshit Bishvil Bereshit. The whole world was created for the first. Who's the first? Torah and Yisrael. Bishvil Torah, Bishvil Yisrael. Shenikreim Bereshit. They're called first. So now Torah is the thoughts of Hashem. It's the mind of Hashem, and we are now uh, Hashem put all these ideas, in fact, uh, in the Torah in order for us to think them. So let's review some of them and study it with this understanding and reverence that our Torah is the mind of Hashem and the thoughts of Hashem. So in order that we can think His thoughts, we can therefore think like Hashem. We can actually think like Hashem. I was telling the boys today, when you go out in the street every day, every day, let's say a day like today, and you say, oh, what a beautiful day it is today. Oh, you're not just saying it's a beautiful day. You're thinking like Hashem. Thinking like Hashem. Saying, God saw after the six days that he created the world. I said, that's a beautiful day. It's a beautiful world. So, well, he's saying that for a lot of reasons. One of the reasons is he's giving us a chance to emulate him. When Hashem's telling us in the Torah that he's saying it's a beautiful day, he's thinking it's a beautiful day, he's even giving us a tremendous opportunity in an easy manner to emulate Hashem. Now, emulating Hashem is the highest level. That's what we're here for. The birachum, v'chanun, erechapayim, rav chesed, ve'emet, all the character traits of Hashem. So even, you know, so Hashem is, is revealing those traits, not just to put, to put more, more lines in the Torah, in order to give us the opportunity to also uh, exhibit those traits and practice those traits and work on those traits. So, so over here, 
we are we have a, a chance to emulate Hashem in his thinking, and he's thinking it's a beautiful world. So we walk out on the street today, every day. Today, do it. Say, this is a beautiful day today. Because why? Because Hashem said it's a beautiful world. Not because just because it's a beautiful day. I said, I'm doing it. I'm saying it because Hashem said I want to emulate Hashem, who said it's a tov me'od. It's a very, very, very good world. So that's a tremendous idea to think like Hashem. So we're getting back. We said the first pasu. We're trying to come to some pesukim, some fundamental principles, and we'll touch on a few. That the first pasu tells you the most important because Hashem puts it first. Puts it right there, number one. In the beginning, Hashem created the heaven and the earth. Now, now, you have to know that there's the two most important principles in that, in that, uh, in the Torah. One, that's the Elohim. There's a God in the world. Right away, the Pasuk is telling you there's a God in the world. And number two, Bara. He created and he runs the world. So that, without that, you can't go further in Torah. That's number one premise. God created the world, and he runs the world. You got that? Once you got that, keep going, go ahead. Now, of course, after that, Hashem changed gears. He doesn't talk about the Shemaim. He doesn't talk about the Aras anymore. Abraham. The whole purpose of the world after that, what Hashem is thinking about what? In the rest of the Torah, only one thing. That's the Jewish people. Abraham Abinu and his children. The whole Torah is talking about, thinking about Abraham. That's what Hashem's on his mind. It's on his mind is his beloved people, the Jewish people, and the chosen people, and they should become great. They could reach highest of heights. And then Hashem gives them the Torah, which really changes the whole game, changes the whole game, changes the whole picture. So now, we are touching on a couple of uh, major fundamental principles such as number, such as free will, sheet. You have to know all of your successes in this world is only attained by utilizing your free will. Your free will, without with the free will, when you have that free will choice to do or not to do, to do good or not to do good, or to do the opposite, that's where your reward is. How did you choose? How it came out is something else. I chose to go to shul. That's what you got. You got reward for it. I chose to go uh, to the old age home. I chose to give tzedakah. And whether you did it or didn't do it, that's not up to you. That's up to Hashem. But if you had full free will, you had full intention to do to do that good deed. I'm going, to, I have intention to go past my mother and see what she needs. To, she needs help. Now, the car stalled, ran out of gas. I didn't get there. That's not up to you. That's Hashem. That's Hashem. Uh, that's Hashem's... Uh, uh, but of course, if you if you did get there, it's even better. But maybe you didn't have a zechut to get there. But the free will is in your freedom of choice. The results are up to Hashem. And we see it over here that Adam Adam had the choice to eat the etz hayim, and etz hadat. He had his choice. Now, in fact, free will is the greatest miracle. It's a gift. Since Hashem is the only possession, Hashem is the only one of real free will. The fact that He gives us any free will is a tremendous uh, uh, ness. We see in Sif Parashat Bereshit the principle of reward and punishment, sachar and onish. Tremendous principle that there's reward and punishment in, this, in, in, in life. And uh, we see that uh, uh, Adam and Chava, and they had a punishment, terrible. He, he was kicked out of Gan Eden. Chava had her punishment. The snake had his punishment. Everybody has their punishment for not listening to to Hashem, they got they got their punishment 
in this world. Maybe it's better to get it in this world, than maybe they didn't get it in the next world. I don't know, that's beyond me, but but they certainly, the Torah is showing us there is such a thing as Sakhar and Onish, and we should live with that the rest of our life. We should know that that in that case of Adam, that 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 sin brought death to the world. Otherwise, Adam wasn't going to die. We see the principle on the top of it, a kindness and teshuvah. Well, I'm chesed yibaneh. It says, chesed Hashem aretz. And in this teshuvah, you can make restitution. You see, Cain killed his brother, but he made teshuvah. Adam Arishon also made teshuvah. There's such a thing as, 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 as repentance. Hashem is kind and he allows repentance. If you went in front of a, a king of, of flesh and blood and you, and you, and you stepped on his feet, he'd just say, off with his head. He wouldn't give you a chance maybe to make a, there's no teshuvah over here. We see the great principle of Olam Abba. What a principle, Olam Abba. Without, that, without belief in Olam Abba, you don't believe in God. You can't believe in reward and punishment because you can't see it in this world. It could be in the next world. You have to believe you have a Olam Abba. You have a, you're made with a soul. The soul, once it goes into the ground, it's not dead. It's not dead. It goes, into, it goes it, it's metamorphosized and it, it goes into Olam Abba. There's another door on the other side of that grave. It's not, it's not, it's not a hole with no door. When you go into that hole, after 120 years, there's a door opens up on the other side of that hole. You've got to believe that. It's like the hand in front of your face. And that, that soul then goes into Olam Abba. And that's hinting in Gan Eden. We have a, the whole parashiot in Gan Eden. Adam was put in Gan Eden. That's a hint from Olam Abba. And that's a principle of Torah. And that's put right in the front of Torah to tell us about that principle. Now, tells us that this world is, is like a vestibule. A vestibule to get to Lama. Now you have to prepare yourself in this vestibule in order to get there. You can't get there just like that. You've got to be prepared over here. You have to have there's a process of refinement in this world in order to get to the next world. We have a tremendous principle in our parashiyot over here of Selim and Okim. Tremendous. And in fact, it's only repeated in Parashat Bereshit and Parashat Noah. You won't see it again. I don't believe in the rest of the Torah. So if you sneeze and you miss it, you're going to miss something. Your sword of Torah. Principle, your sword, a fundamental idea that the Torah is built on. And that's what we're saying over here. Sefer Bereshit, although there's only three mitzvot, they have many, many, so many principles that the Torah is uh, built on over here, and you have to study them. And one we're studying right now is Selim Elohim. nishmat chayim. And God blew into man the breath of life, and he was created in Selim Lokim. Kibit Selim Lokim Nibraha Adam. Now, now, Hashem is doing this. He's creating man. He's creating and saying this throughout. Man is created in the, in the image of God, although is a stira over here. Hashem is mochel on his mochel al kevodo. He is putting down his own kavod because Hashem has no image. Right? If you believe Hashem has an image, you are. You don't get it. You don't even get on my bar. You get zero. So we have to know on the one side, it's a stira, it's a contradiction that you have to live with. And us Jews, we live live with these things. On the one side, God is telling us He has no image. That's a, that's a given. On the other side, you have to believe that man is created in the image of God. You got to understand that. So, so, so we have to know that at the same time, Hashem has no image, and at the same time, you have to believe that man is created in the image of God. Of course, Hashem has no nose and ears and eyes and that. But he has a greatness. He has a, what's his image? That's the neshama. The neshama of, Hash, of a person is manifesting his image, the image of Hashem on his face, on the screen of his face, and and 
And you have to know, Hashem created so many people in this world to remind us that there's a God in the world. You have to see the image of God in all the people in this world. You have to gain the mind that Hashem is looking at us. Now, you have to know that the great purpose that we should see and know that Hashem created the world for chesed, that chesed Hashem all of Hashem's creations demonstrate the chesed and kindliness of Hashem, all of them. And Hashem says, kitov. Kitov means tov, everything is tov, it's chesed. Hudul Hashem kitov, ki leolam hasdo. They ask a question. Over here in Bereshi, we're learning. See, Hashem was created alone. Why didn't it create like the rabbits? Hashem created a lot of, millions of rabbits at the same time. Millions of uh, horses, millions of ants, of birds. He didn't create one bird and they all uh, propagated. Man was created, the only one was created alone. The teachers, Bishbilin Ibraha Olam. You have to walk around in the street saying, the whole world was created for me. Now you have to get that attitude. Recognize Hashem made the sun for you, the stars for you. Did you see the moon this morning? Big one? It's created that for you. And you have to say, oh, what do you mean for me? It's created for me and for Yosef and for Yaakov and Israel and for it's created for all everybody. But I have to realize that for me, I can't just push it over and say, I don't gotta thank Hashem for it. It was created for the whole world. No. After Bishbili, it was created for me, and I owe Hashem, and I have to have Hakarat Tatov and thank Him for this, for all this. It's like, it's like the Gemara says, A good guess, what does he say? You go to a savage, you go to a wedding, what do you say, a good guess? Good guess says, Everything the Baalabayit made, everything that the man made that made the wedding, he made it for me. The, the uh, food was for me, the chicken was for me, the sushi was for me, the soda was for me, and this is an attitude to have. Another guy, what does he say? A bad guess. He says, no, he made it for everybody else. So he made it for everybody else. I don't got to thank him for it. He didn't make it for me. Same thing with this world. You have to realize this world was made for you. And you have to have that attitude. And therefore, that attitude is paramount. And it's put right there in the beginning of our Torah. But I want to leave you off with one of the favorite Pesukim of Rav Igdim Miller. And the favorite Pesukim of Hashem himself. Hashem HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Hashem created the world in six days. After the sixth day, Hashem comes with a bomb statement and he says the following. You know, when Hashem says tov, it means endlessly good, it's good forever. When he says me'od, we don't know what, we don't know what he's talking about. That's beyond. It's not only tov, tov me'od. It's forever tov, gone. So Hashem is telling us that, but... It's obvious, if Hashem made the light, of course it was good. He made the stars, of course they were good. He made the moon, of course it's good. He made it, it's good. He made the chickens, he made everything he made in the world, the animals, the 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 the, the, the fish. He made them. If he made them, then they're good. Of course they're good. He's he's all good. So of course they're good. So what is Hashem going to come back and tell us that I want? I look back, Bayar, I realized everything I made, and behold, it was very good. So I'd like to, I mean, I, I'd like to read it straight from the book. From Bereshit, the beginning book, he says like this. This is written to teach men that he should emulate his creator and he too should always view all of creation and he too should always perceive its goodness and should always declare that everything in the creation is very good. This world is full of joys and men are created to are required to be aware of these joys and to thank the creator for them. In accordance with the great principle that the creation is intended to teach man about the Creator, this verse is actually saying, listen carefully now, and behold, the Creator is very good. Ah, behold, the Creator is very good. Actually, the Pasuk says, 
All that he made was good. No, behold that he is good. Behold, Hashem is very good. Good includes wise and kindly. Very means endlessly wise and endlessly kindly. Abraham utilized this principle to spend his entire life in the study of endlessly, endless wisdom and endless kindness in the Creator. Now, Masech Shabbat says, big statement, he who gives a gift to his fellow man, he must let him know. They're not talking about tzedakah here. Of course, tzedakah, you shouldn't let him know. But another gift, let him know. The purpose is, one, to cause him to love the giver. When you give a gift to your fellow man, put your name on there. You give a book. Say, I hope you like this book. Love Sam. Love Jack. Don't just give him a book without writing something in there that's for the guy. You want him to love the man that gave the book. When he opens that book, he says, oh, Sam gave me that book. Jack gave me that book. What a nice guy that guy is. I, I really like that guy. So you have to put your name in the book and to cause him to enjoy the gift more because you tell him when you give him that book or whatever you're giving him, the bicycle, the book, give him a shirt, tell him how, how much you, you inform him of the value and the usefulness of the gift. You tell him how good this book is. I loved it. When you tell him that, he's going to like it even more. Therefore, Hashem is informing us that he's the giver of the creation to us. He's informing us that he is the giver so that we love him more because of his kindness. And he also informs us that the gift is very good in order that we enjoy it more. Thus, we are expected to study the endless benefits of creation. And as a result, we shall love the giver more and more as our understanding of his gift increases. But as a result of this information, when men apply, we're finishing off at this, when men apply their minds to this subject and spend their lives in the study of this goodness of Hashem, as Abraham did, then the world becomes for them very good. Not only will they live happily and will sing to the Creator all their days, but they will be rewarded for this. And they will sing in the world to come forever. This is true. This is the true and ultimate be- meaning of Behold, it was very good. Behold, this very good is merely a vestibule or a lobby before the very great good, good which awaits those that prepare themselves in this vestibule to enter the great banquet hall of Olam Abba. So enjoy the day. It's a very good day. Say it. It's a beautiful world and it's a beautiful giver because he gave us this world. Have a super day. Bye.